It is wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening. Oh, man, I'm so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week, Quip, DoorDash, and Squarespace. Squarespace! They're bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, your once and future host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who evidently wanted me to say turkey and orange, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Reunited and it feels so good. Oh, man. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up? Good job. Thank Good you. job skipping to the end of a couple of shows. Oh, <laughs> uh, I am so grateful to you, sir, for uh, carrying the torch while I was gone. Uh, you did a great job. Uh, I am so grateful to Anthony Taormina, to Anthony Carboni, to Danish Syed, to Khalif Adams, who uh, all the all the, the friends of the show, my friends, people who. Uh, were there in my absence and and made awesome episodes. I was so pleased to listen to them. Um, I actually have to particularly thank Danish. Um, I I cannot believe that guy. He is the best, the coolest, the nicest guy. Danish sent me a audio file every single day of my absence, uh, every single day of my recovery. Uh, over 20 of them and 10, about 10 minutes a piece every day talking about something interesting. It was like, I got my own personal podcast from Danish and they were always interesting, always well-made, always very listenable. And I'm so indebted to him. I, 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 he needs to make his own. I mean, he does do a podcast. He does an awesome podcast about uh, video games that should be made, but he needs to do like a general – more people need to hear the thing I heard, which was incredible and so fun to listen to and so interesting and spun me off on tangents and gave me recommendations of all kinds of stuff. Um, so he was amazing. But so many listeners uh, to DLC were so kind in sending nice words of encouragement and wonderful remembrances of me and and support for my family. I, I It was not an easy time, I must admit. Um but uh, I, it was made much, much easier by having that kind of support, hearing from people, reading emails, uh, hearing audio files that people sent. It just is, it's the outpouring of support was overwhelming and I'm so grateful for it. Thank you one and all. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, and I'm so happy to ha- have this episode where I am back, where we have one of my favorite guests, one of my favorite people in the world. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata, your downloadable Christian. But this week, DLC once again stands for director of long form cinema because we have the director of some amazing things, including The Boys, 
including 10 Cloverfield Lane, including things to come. My friend, Dan Trachtenberg. Hey, Dan. Hello. Did you just officially announce things to come? When does that come out? 2021? <laughs> like, what are we looking at? I love it's the It's an book. anthology series on HBO <laughs> about... <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I was going to ask you if I could ask this, and I forgot to even check with you before we started. But uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to talk about the fact that you are no longer the, the director of an Uncharted movie. We're all excited when we heard you might be the director. You were, were listed as the director for Uncharted, the video game being a movie. Uh, but that is not happening anymore, right? That's well. Uh, I'm not, yeah. I mean, I, they, they might still make the movie, um, but yeah, I'm not directing it, and uh, it is all good. Uh, you know, it really is a a. I, you know, I, I tweeted out the only thing I said about it online was that it as much of a dream um, of mine it is to make movies. Um, at just under that, it's like all the things that come with it. Uh, they no longer use the Alan Smithy moniker when a director is like ashamed of the movie he's made. And that certainly was a childhood dream. Um, <laughs> to be an Alan Smithy? You were yeah, I mean, just like, just, I want to take, I want to have all the experiences. That I have is. some scripts for you then, Dan. We can make this happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> um, but, uh, but another one is like, maybe I part ways on something due to creative differences. Um, and that really is. The case I I you never liked. really knew what creative differences meant. I had no idea what that meant. Now, like I'm on the inside, I'm like, oh, that's what it means. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it just I saw things away, and they saw things away, and um, never the tween shall meet, I guess. Um, right. So, uh, well, I know there was a lot of people that listened to this show that were really excited to have you at the helm of that property, and are very sad to hear that that will not be happening but um and, and i'm one of them i i was doing cartwheels and, and you know that because i was texting you cartwheels mm-hmm. um, and then you and, hurt your eye doing cartwheels i think <laughs> and and in talking to you i know that some of the things you were thinking about doing for the movie just really sounded like you know amazing and um and it's, yeah, it's I sad. With you, I shared with you some things that yes. I was proud of. And I was very, I mean, your reaction to those things is one of the, one of the things that was encouraging and made me feel like, Oh God, am I walking away from something awesome? But because I am such a fan of it and video games in general and making something great, if I ever were to make something that was based on a video game, I, I, I know what I'd want from it. And so the, the bar is, I set for myself quite high and I, I didn't want to um, take part in something that I didn't think could reach that bar. Well, I have said this before and I have said this to your face before, and I will say it again, that uh, that is truly one of the things I admire most about you as an artist, as a professional, as a person is your commitment to making things of quality and being proud of the things you make. And uh, I've known that to be the case back when we were making web video. And now that you're, you know, on the largest stage and, and up for and participating in the biggest parts of the entertainment industry, I'm your commitment and your integrity, uh, for your, your own talent and your output as an artist is very, very impressive. And I thank you very much, but let me counterpoint that. 
with having just watched some of the Emmys tonight. And there is something that I was offered and said no to that just won an Emmy. Um, <laughs> you were so. going to direct Fleabag? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, you can't win them all. Yeah. Or can't well, not lose them all. I don't know. <laughs> you can't not lose them all. Well, I, I, I have no doubt that there will be an acceptance speech in your future someday. Uh, yeah, so. Thank you. Thank you. Man. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, we, I, we had to talk about that and I appreciate yeah. you being uh, open about it. Uh, but we have to start the show. It's been too long since uh, I've been able to do this because I guess Christian decided to, you know, he was going to change the show. <laughs> I didn't have them, and I was going to try to find them, but I don't want to bug you. Like, hey, Jeff, I know you just had eye surgery. Um, yeah. Where, What Dropbox are those files in again? <laughs> All right. Let's start the show the way we always do or where we where we, we usually do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Fantastic people there. I heard from many of them during my eye surgery recovery. And uh, thank you to all of you for being part of this community. We appreciate it. And I welcome more people that are listening to check out the subreddit and be part of the community. But Dan, you are our guest and you get first pick of stories. So what would you consider to be your story of the week? You know, I uh, didn't think I would pick this to talk about because I stayed... Um, pretty far away from all the information about it until today I did the deep dive on Death Stranding. Mm. Um, and I am kind of into it. I didn't think I was into this game. It's coming um, soon, man. November 8th. It's right around the corner. Oh, that is shockingly soon. Yeah. Wow. None of wanna... us did. I mean, we, I, Christian and I made many bets that Death Stranding was going to be multiple years away. And here he is, Hideo Kojima, surprising us all, actually shipping a game in 2019. Um, but this, the news this week is that Hideo has started his press tour uh, in anticipation of the game. He has several, uh, several interviews that he has conducted uh, this week that are Leaking out, not leaking out, but teasing out more information about what we can expect from Death Stranding. Uh, and I think the pertinent quotes from Mr. Kojima are uh, that the, g- the game is not going to get good until halfway through, uh, which is you know a fun quote to pull out. But what he means to say is that evidently this is not a game. Oh, and by the way, I should say, Many of these were in translation, so there's uh, a possibility that some of the translations are a little misleading, as as happens sometimes uh, from Japanese to uh, English. But uh, he says that, um, uh, I think in this game, you will not understand if I just say this, but once you start playing the game, just walking in the world is really fun, but maybe it gets really fun when you have completed 50% of the game. The player, like in shooters and other genres, go into the game with a known rule, and you think you know what the game is about. I don't want you to have that feeling. Everyone should start from ground zero, not knowing how to pick up and play the game. What I have shown... your solid ground zeros? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Uh, What I have shown makes you puzzled, but it all really makes sense when you play the game. So he's saying no hand-holding. He is actually talking about this as hopefully, in his mind, a new genre. Uh, 
So is that what makes you excited, Dan? Well, what makes me excited is a couple of things. One of them is that it's it's sort of capitalized. I, you know, there's a few games that have come out over the past decade or so that have become my favorite games, and I love them because of its systems. You, Jeff, you've heard me say far too often that I just wish people would put vats in other games. Like, right. like why is no From one the just fallout taking, games? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Why, why don't we take, use that system? There's so many other games as systems, like the gears cover shooting, you know, like suddenly that was in every game. No one thought that that was something that only gears could do. Right. What is remarkable. I never would have predicted that the souls games <laughs> would have influenced everything. Right. Um, and that's the most exciting thing to me about this is that the system that it borrowed from the Souls games um, was its strange, idiosyncratic multiplayer system. And, yeah, that's like yeah. The, the the backbone of what Death Stranding is going to be about is this like leaving messages for other players to find asynchronously some other time when they're playing the game or, you know, uh, interacting with people in a way that isn't, you know, immediate or in real time. Totally, which I think is amazing, and I and and I wonder how that evolves beyond what we've seen so far. In that, like, I watched that forty-five minute it was a Tokyo Game Show where he showed yeah. all that chunk of gameplay. Yeah, you know that felt very similar to what's in the Souls games, and I wonder how that evolves when you're say fifty percent of the way through. Um, but I also think you know there was a game that I was very excited about that kind of let me down called, was it outward or something like that? Um, that was a fantasy survival game where you weren't, that it was capitalizing the idea that you weren't like the hero. You were just like a lowly guy and you have to, you know, I think this feels akin to that. I just in general, the borrowing from souls games, borrowing from MMOs, um, turning the survival genre into something more than what, um, uh, Minecraft had to offer and t- making them a little bit more um, not narrative based, but evolved, I guess uh, is the most exciting thing to me because it's, it's the most one-to-one relationship between player and game experience that we, we just evolve. And I love that, that um, we just evolve with the character. And I love that um, Kojima said this thing about, you know, like, he doesn't want to hold your hand. He doesn't want to let you know what the game, like we're going to really be able to experience the game as the author intended it to theoretically, if we all don't watch streams and get it spoiled for us. Yeah. Um, not even knowing the genre that it is when you first put it on. Like I love all of that. Um, and hopefully it's not too obtuse for me. Sometimes I do get turned off by that. Right. Um, but I just think it's, it's the, all the headlines for this game had me really concerned when I dug deeper into the context. Like I even, I think him saying 50%, that's, that's, that's a lot of games that we've loved have been that where you get past a point. It's just the, the authors of those games don't say that up front to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but a game really shows it's, I mean, just in that 45 minutes that he, that he had like the walking, I admit was like, this is the game that feels really boring. Um, but then you get a mount at some point and it's like whole, and I'll be talking about this <laughs> later on when I'm talking about, um, wow, classic. Uh, but there is something awesome about being, you know, dealing with the suckage of, of w- having to walk to a very far off place and it being a little bit 
monotonous and, and trying, and then you get something awesome and it matters and you move quickly. And it's like so exhilarating and fun in a way that you don't get in the game that's all front loaded and you're waiting for the thing to happen that you're expecting to happen and all that stuff. So I imagine Christian lover of Red Dead 2, which I've not yet played, but love the first game, um, that something like this would be um, exciting to you. Well, I, I listened to a certain podcast called DLC last week. And <laughs> I heard Christian Spicer talk about how he was frustrated that Gears 5 started in a place that it wasn't wasn't actually what the game was and that it didn't get good so to speak or you know didn't show its true colors uh, until it forced you to do things that you didn't find as fun so i'm definitely curious christian what you think of this news yeah it's an interesting comparison and one i hadn't thought of i think to close the loop potentially on the gears five thing is it it wasn't that there was a a misdirect or a change it was that the first several hours were the eighth time i had done that exact same thing or whatever many gears there had been Mm. um which i feel like is different than a game that changes tone or changes pace part way through but i'm still enjoying the first part um I like that. I like, you know, like false endings or a, a, a switch or um, a major change. Metal Gear Solid 2, um, very fun. Um, and Gears 5, it, it's just this status quo. It feels like such a safe status quo game for for me. It was maybe the first five hours or whatever that ends up being, which is a, a chunk of time, <laughs> you know, especially this time of year when so many great games are coming out all around it. Um, the thing for me about Death Stranding, and I, I think, you know, Jeff and, and listeners, if you go back and find it, I think I all the thing I always fall back on is I trust Kojima. Um, his games haven't let me down yet. There have been some, you know, parts of them that maybe haven't aged well uh, in terms of some jokes or something like that. But in terms of like gameplay and doing fun, new, exciting things and creating compelling game mechanics and as dan mentioned where you know other games taking from souls now and incorporating that think of all the games that metal gear has influenced over the years and that idea of uh, stealth tactical action um and all the the the, the game series that it has spawned well so i'm that, very I mean, excited for death kojima himself uh, name checks that and says in the same way that i sort of started a stealth genre with that game i'm hoping that this game starts its own genre. He, he talks about how people who first started playing Metal Gear Solid and were like, this isn't fun. This I don't <laughs> I, I'm used to being able to run in and shoot everything and now I have to be I have to hide or I'll be vulnerable. And it took some time for people to grok it. And uh, you know, I think listen, I I'm the guy <laughs> that loves the Peter Molyneux and David Cages of the world. I, I love this stuff. This, this like shooting for the stars and saying, I want to reinvent video games. <laughs> I want to create something new. I want to make a new genre. I love that kind of uh, ambition, frankly. I, I You know, it is – Sometimes those kind of characters, those kind of outspoken creators can get a bad rap because people feel duped in some way or feel like their execution doesn't live up to their highfalutin dreamy language. And sometimes that's the case, right? But I have always 
I'm, you know, romantic with a capital R. I love that, that sense of, um, possibility and idealism. And I want creators who, who step up to the plate and taking big swings and saying, yeah, I'm not going to just make the next, you know, uh, battle Royale shooter. I'm, I'm here to actually push the medium forward and try something new and give you something that maybe you're not going to even like for a little while, but it, because you don't understand it quite yet. I mean, all of this is catnip for me, man. I, I, I've had some skepticism about death stranding for a while. And just because, uh, you know, I know him and, and his sort of enigmatic, storytelling is always a little eye rolly for me. I'm not as big a fan of his oeuvre as Christian has been, but I, this kind of talk and the way it, it, this makes me really excited for this game now. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like how sometimes some of these, the auteurs you mentioned, I think are known almost as much for their talk as they are for the creations they make, where I think you can look at a game like um, Breath of the Wild, which did almost all of the things it seems like Death Stranding is maybe hinting to in terms of like changing genres, doing something wholly different than had been done before. You might not like it at first. It's going to make you rethink how you play this game. And while Nintendo certainly highlighted and showed some of those aspects of the game, it didn't get this kind of coverage, you know? And they just kind of, they, they showed bits and they showed the horse and they showed the land. They talked about, you can go everywhere, but it was very much from a Nintendo style presentation of the way they described and talked about that game, which is a little more matter of fact and practical. Yeah. And I, I think Kojima plays the media game very well. And I think a lot of this is intentional that, you know, every week you were gone. I think we talked, we had substantial chats <laughs> about Death Stranding and I have a feeling that will continue right up until the game comes out. And then likely well after that also. Yeah. And that's great. That's the kind of stuff that I get really jazzed about. You know, that's the kind of game I want to be talking about and want to be playing because uh, it, it's trying something. It's shooting for something. And clearly he is. Um, Dan, as as somebody I know that even back when we were reviewing video games, you all always think of things in terms of movies Uh, I wanted to highlight this quote from Kojima. He says, it's not like Terminator or Star Wars. There's no explanation or anything. You will feel lost, but don't worry. You will naturally fit in. The system is explained. Some people say it's almost like the movie Alien, where you are gradually finding out what the whole world is about and what you can do and not do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of what was ringing my ears. Um when I was talking about it earlier, though I would say that that is, I mean, I think the movie alien influenced all video games yeah, and it's yeah. the thing that frankly it's, you know, I have said in so many junkets when I was uh, for 10 Clover lane of referencing uncharted and last of us, ironically, um, uh, and half-life too, uh, of like games that those things influenced m- my filmmaking as much as, the movies that were in the same genre as that movie, like misery or Rosemary's baby or something, because those games are, you start with knowing nothing and you are, you and the protagonist are immediately linked and discovering the world. That is most video games. It's not every video game, but it's most video games. Um, and especially once again, not to always beat this drum, but especially the souls games. So I'm definitely intrigued by what is going to be, 
like him saying he's starting a new genre, I hope that I'm not a little bit like, well, <laughs> right. there's a few other games that yeah. have done this. Um, and then going forward, will everyone be referencing this is the game? Like Jeff and I always talk about, like, you know, a podcast started with Mark Marin, and then podcast started with Chris Hardwick and then podcast started <laughs> right, with yeah. Anna Faris. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. um, I making I, our living doing it for three years before that, but yeah. yeah but Conan like, just started them this year. So <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of podcasts, but they're a new thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I really wanting to know, especially even referencing the alien thing, because once again, I just think that most video games do function that way are more, more alien than, than, um, although I don't even Star Wars and Terminator, I, I don't know what he means. Um, and maybe some of its translation or there's, there's nuance to what he was saying, but Star Wars, you don't know anything. I mean, like, there's an opening crawl. Is he saying, is Good he saying, point. does Terminator yeah. have an opening crawl? It does. They, they, it does, they both yeah. have opening crawls. So it may come to just that specific point where he's saying the world is, is set up in an opening statement. And then you're, but you start with protagonists who know nothing and you're learning about really what's going on through their eyes. So it's a good point. Um, yeah, it's a good point. The first people that saw Star Wars were like, what? <laughs> you know? yeah. right. uh, awesome. Um, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Well, you'd never guess it. Um, and if you're listening to this, you might know more already. So this week, um, September 24th, Sony has a state of play happening on Tuesday. There's also a media event for The Last of Us 2 happening. And before that, right now, we can speculate to the re-release of the February leaked retail release of this game. Um, originally kind of settled on 2019 as a release way back when by Sony. And then that is short. that window is shortly closing. But maybe, how wild would that be? September 24th came out and they were like in on November 15th. And you're just like, oh, no, too many games. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, but there's already- a... Yeah. There's, you know, Christian, there's already too many games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the latest uh, is a Swiss retailer that put out a, a February 28th listing, which seems like maybe placeholder for February, kind of end of the month kind of thing. But that listing is also now down. <laughs> so maybe there's which more. Which is like, because it's too right or because right. it's too wrong. <laughs> right, um, exactly. Um, but I'm very excited for Last of Us 2. I'm very excited for Tuesday, or if you've already seen State of Play, then I'm sure we're excited together. And I think February feels right. I think that Capcom and Sony <laughs> themselves have shown that this first of the year, you know, first three months of a year can be big release windows. You don't need to be before Christmas anymore. Um, and the, those games can still carry over to Game of the Year discussions as well. So everything about this feels right. And I think... um you know, I'm ready to get hyped for it already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is uh, it is interesting to me if this was always happening February that Sony wasn't at E3. There hasn't been more talk about it. It's interesting that it's been a little radio silent, and I kind of respect that. Uh, it sounds like this week, as you said, as people listen to this, they might have way more information than we do. It sounds like this week really is going to be the coming out party for uh for last of us too um so we may have tons of information and i may eat my words about like that's cool that they held more stuff to the close to the vest but i love that i'm i'm give me i I don't need to know anything else about this game in order to know i want to play it and i think a lot of people are like that so i i don't need tons of 
information at this point. Just I love I would love the idea of them just sort of keeping everything close to the vest and letting it be more of a surprise. Um, but uh, you know they may <laughs> they may be blowing the doors off this very week. So uh, Dan, I know that you clearly are a big Naughty Dog fan and are excited about this game as well. Uh, you think February? Think we'll be playing it? You know, I know some things about this game. Um, and, uh, I have no comment on any release date. Um, but I can say that what I know about it is, is, is pretty awesome. And I think that Neil is one of the most gifted storytellers and in the way that I, you know, specific, like, so Un- Uncharted, I, I was just thinking, like, I think it was this Kojima Terminator quote was ringing in my ears. And it was like, you know, I think the first Uncharted games are so much fun and awesome. And uh, a lot like the first, like, Terminator or Alien. And then the sequels are like, oh. And for me, like, Uncharted 4 to me was like Last Crusade or Terminator 2. Um or oh, there was something else. I can't remember what I used to say, but it's like, it suddenly brought meaning to it and made it about something mm. um, involving family. So suddenly there's just the, there's roots involved in the storytelling right. that go deep. Um, and I think that last of us uh, had a really unique, um, had some really unique storytelling devices um, that are aware that it's a video game. So they're making you think and feel, um, not just trying to be a movie, but in, in allowing it to embrace the medium it's in and, and stir you in a way that only this medium can. And, um, I have a feeling the second one is going to do that all over again in its own ways. Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, I'm very excited hearing you say that. Uh, interesting. If February 28th does turn out to be the date, what does that do to Gods and Monsters coming out February 25th? Final Fantasy VII Remake coming out March 3rd. Watch Dogs Legion March 6th. I feel like there's a, a, you know, a tidal wave right there. There's no good time to release a game anymore. There, like, there's maybe like that one week on July 4th. <laughs> you know, or like even <laughs> right. E3 week now sees like consistently at least one great game come out around E3. Like, I just feel like there aren't those those dead spots anymore it, it's jam-packed uh wall to wall yeah it's true but i mean i i'm genuinely excited for gods and monsters uh we don't really know what it is but that team you know i'm such a huge fan of what assassin's creed has become post origins and odyssey and to have that team doing something new and interesting uh, you know i hope and that comes out obviously a few days before uncharted but i would or excuse me <laughs> last of us but um you know, I would. It's a bummer to, to to think that that game, a new IP, doesn't quite have the anticipation level. Might get blown out of the water by something like a Last of Us Two. You know, maybe different demographic. Who knows? But you know, interesting Final Fantasy VII remake and Watchdog Legions just the next week. Boy, it, it just really kind of changes that calendar. I, I think that kind of proves your point, though. Ubisoft is dropping two huge games within a week of them, each other. Ubisoft yeah, is doing point. that. Like you can't, sp- yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't spread these things out anymore. I mean, just this month alone, um, or yeah, September 
has just been wall to wall. And that's not even mentioning, you know, the scores of indie games like um, Untitled Goose Game and like all these games that I was very excited about for a very long time that also drop alongside something like Gears 5 or um, Link's Awakening. It's, it's yeah. Um. <laughs> do you think, do release dates matter anymore? Is it, are, are, are games affected by some, uh, you know, other games that aren't the same kind of game? coming out around the same time, like people sort of pick a game and then just play that game anyway. You know, like I just feel like all of our habits have changed. Maybe. I mean, I think that there are certainly people that in February are going to buy one game, you know, or or whatever. And they may have laid their money down for a gods and monsters. If it wasn't, you know, uh, I'm doing that. If uh, last of us two wasn't happening, uh, what what happens with maybe not. what happens with all the game passes? Well, that's I mean, Christian and I have been talking about that for a, I know, a while. I've been listening, but yeah. like what, what the idea what? that like time is now the only pertinent like what games de- deserve your time because it's like it's like Netflix, right? It's it's I have all the movies, I have all the sh- TV shows, I have yeah. there's it's I'm not looking for something to watch in in the sense of you know how am I going to spend my dollar? It's what am I going to spend my time on? Am I going to watch, you know, the the new Dan Trachtenberg joint or you yes. know, or whatever? <laughs> Answer to that is yes. <laughs> the 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 thing I was just talking about this to someone about Netflix. Someone had made a, a movie that went to Netflix, and I, and I was like, the problem. I hadn't seen it yet, and I was like, the problem is, I know I can see it whenever. Right. I, I already have like what you, what you. I always hear you guys say about Game Pass. I already own it. You right. know, like I have it. Yeah. So. When I'm choosing my weekend, it's like I'm going to choose the thing that's in theaters that we, either that I have to see in the theater because it will look not be as good. I, I want I that. Think the, that's fascinating. Yeah. I think the flip side of that is definitely true for a lot of people. Where it's like, is Bird Box the best film? No. Is it the one that I have at my house right now, ready to go? You betcha. Right. You know, like I, I don't need to go to well, theater. I, don't I would to argue. Do anything. I would argue to that though. The issue is, and Bird Box did very well, but. Bird Box is not just up against the new releases. Bird Box is up against North by Northwest. <laughs> right. It's up against every other great movie that ever existed that I'm trying to dis- – and really, frankly, what it's up against is like The Bachelor and like the easiest thing for me to watch, like Candy. You know, like I don't watch Bachelor, but I have my own Candy shows, you know. like. But I think the one of the reasons Bird Box in particular did well and I think one of the things that you guys aren't mentioning is that that feeling of I got to be in on the conversation – I gotta right. watch. Correct. I gotta not be spoiled, or I gotta, you know, I gotta power through all of the boys because everybody's talking about the boys, you know, or what? Exactly. It's, it's so good. I gotta say it while you're on. Man, my wife and I love that show. It's, it's crazy, so man. Good. Awesome. Thank you. I only did the first episode, but yeah, I mean, they were all crap after that, but we watched them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, but but I do think that's a big part of it. It it is what what can grab hold of that. I gotta watch it now when you have everything at your disposal and the algorithm but are games the same no maybe not but but i think they are when they're multiplayer yes yes that's true everybody's hopping onto borderlands or whatever it is exactly you know that i'm playing this now i mean that's we'll get to wild classic but that is a huge part of it but there's but a single player experience so death stranding something that it's like i'm good because that's exactly what all the souls games suffer from 
I'm so annoying that every time I'm on the show, all I'd say is souls, souls. No, the no, word there's soul. a huge part of the audience that's so happy you're here because we don't talk about them enough. <laughs> but like, but no, the problem is when, um, you know, if you're, if you're still playing Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 is about to come, it's like, well, hurry up because yeah. nobody, you're not going to get any help from any other, you know, because right. everyone's going to move on to when Bloodborne comes out. When I, like those games die. I mean, frankly, they don't, which is cool, but in a way that you can really count on, um, they, they suffer, you know? So Death Stranding would certainly be something um, I, one can imagine that's going to suffer if we're not all doing it at the same time. I think you um, make a great point about multiplayer. It, it, yeah. it is, it's where the, where your friends are, where, you know, you pop up your friends list and you look and it's like, you know, 40 people are playing gears of war right now or whatever it is that I think that does influence it for games. Um, but it is a, it is a new kind of economy and I think it's going to only continue to be so with stadia and other things uh, that are going that direction, you know, uh, EA's thing and all that stuff that's happening this idea of, well, I have a, I have a buffet instead of a single, yeah. you know, entree. Yeah. A Phoebe buffet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, before we get to my story of the week, I do want to thank our first sponsor, which is a sponsor. I know Dan is very familiar with because he and I have been talking about Squarespace for over a decade because Squarespace has sponsored stuff that I've done that Dan and I did together. Uh, for that long. And jeffcanada.com was built on Squarespace. Squarespace is the place to make a website, anything that you need online, make it the easy way, make it yourself. You don't have to hire someone, make it expensive for you and, and have to deal with figuring out how to hire a, someone to create a website or even a storefront for you. If you have that need, Squarespace makes it super easy. You can blog or publish content. You can showcase your work. You can promote your business, whether it's physical or online. You can even announce upcoming events or special projects, really anything you need a website for. And frankly, all of us need a website at some point. Just make it yourself because the tools are there to do it simply and easily with Squarespace. You just start with one of their award-winning templates and then you start messing around. You just drag and drop. It's all what you see is what you get. Easy, easy, easy to make something beautiful, make something unique and all your own. Plus, if you ever run into any problems, 24-7 award-winning customer support. There's never anything to patch or upgrade ever. They have free and secure hosting. They have built-in search engine optimization. As I said, easy to make a storefront. You can sell things. It's just drag and drop e-commerce functionality. It's great. Make it yourself. So what you can do is you can go and check out squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You can start using their tools free of charge. You don't even have to put in your credit card. Build your website. Make sure you like it. See how easy the tools are to use. And then after after you've built it and you're ready to launch, use the promo code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Let them know you heard it here on DLC. That's squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me and the promo code Jeff sent me for 10% off the best way to make a website. It's great. Check it out. All right. My story of the week, uh, I guess we're kind of doing a theme here uh, because I thought it was kind of interesting talking about uh, movies and video games and movies that have influenced video games as we've talked uh, there is a new Terminator game that just got announced, Terminator Resistance. We got a new Terminator movie coming very soon. 
and a new single player first person shooter Terminator Resistance was just announced, uh, developed by Taon. Um, it's uh, all in post-apocalyptic LA, 30 years after Judgment Day. It's got a new character. You're not playing as you know any of the characters you know. New storyline, but looks pretty cool. Um, it's coming out very soon. It's just announced, but it's coming out in Australia and Europe on November 15th and then December 2nd in North America. Uh, for PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. They dropped an announcement trailer. And the reason I think this is interesting enough to talk about on the show, I mean, I like Terminator, and uh, this game looks competent. Um, looks like a fun first-person shooter. Uh, although I hear scoffing in the background. I'm not sure. <laughs> competent <laughs> is just what I've always wanted to hear about something I've made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. The trailer didn't wow me, but... Um, buddy, buddy, I'm going to I'm gonna assist you on this in a minute, so don't, okay, don't, okay. don't fret. <laughs> I mean, the way I wanted to frame it, I guess, is that it is exactly what we were talking about, which is what you said about Alien, I think is also true of Terminator, where literally has influenced every video game of all time, you know, term, uh, Terminator games, aliens, uh, uh, the, that aesthetic, that sort of James Cameron aesthetic. Is it special to have something in the Terminator universe anymore? Just because they're Terminators. I feel like every video game, I'm basically fighting Terminators, right? Is it, what yeah. is it? Is it not special enough or is this IP special? Well, it's weird. That, it's weird that you're putting those, those terms because on the one hand, it's, shocking i mean i remember playing terminator for genesis and sega cd uh, you guys correct me if i'm wrong or internet correct me if i'm wrong but i don't has there been another one in all these years yeah there was one not too long ago i remember it was bad um huh? i think maybe i'm confusing it with alien but uh, I, I think I can there was an, an alien recently isolation yeah, i thought there was a terminator game I'm going to say not too long ago, but it's going to be the arcade. There's also the arcade one with the with the gun. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with the the Aerosmith soundtrack. No, no, no. That's Revolution X. Jeff. <laughs> that's a different game, which was oh. awesome, where you're shooting CDs at people, um, <laughs> which was phenomenal. Um, but they were like competing with each other in the arcades. All right, anyway. list of Terminator video games. Okay, hit, uh, hit us up. 2009 had a Terminator Salvation game. And wow. there was a Terminator Genesis game in right. 2015. Oh, the movie Genesis. Yeah, Terminator yeah. Genesis Guardian yeah. and Terminator Genesis Future War. Wait a second. Oh, yeah, Genesis. Okay, right, yeah. the newer one. And Listen, then there's a bunch of non-movie-related games. I think the most troubling thing about this is, like, on in the, like, article about the game, like, the press release for the game, it says, like... I should pull it up, but it, it says it's the equivalent of like when you had bought a DVD um, back in the day and it on the back, it says special features, uh, resumes and, <laughs> and trailer <laughs> and like, Oh, it includes a trailer and um, filmographies. Amazing. <laughs> oh, because so of a key list of features, resist the machines, equip an arsenal of plasma weaponry, <laughs> choose the kind of hero you want to be. Change the fate of mankind. Ooh, I like changing the fate of mankind. <laughs> right. So troubling. Um, <laughs> the second part is that actually, to, go to your point of like why if this, this we've already played this in other games, we've fought robots in so many games. There actually are very unique mechanics inside this IP that would be amazing. For instance, 
like, what if you could play as a T-1000 or, or whatever this new thing is that looks amazing that you'll probably hate Jeff because it's all nanotech, you know? It's like, what if you were to, I mean, just the ability to morph your guy, like there's, what we're excited about is systems, not aesthetic and, and, and story that we've gotten that has been ripped off. But there, there are things the time, like think of what Titanfall 2 did with its time travel stuff that is different than Singularity did with its time travel. Like there's, there's certainly things that it could do that would be really exciting and bold. Um, but this, a fir- and a first person, it's just like old and tired and very confusing and feels a little bit like dumpware, but um, yeah. it could be, it would be amazing if we're all like, Oh my God. It's, I mean, I love gems, you know, I love discovering little, you know, diamonds in the rough. So it'd yeah. be amazing if it's great. Yeah. Would, it, I, yeah. I think we're all rooting for it to be awesome. Uh, but I do, I do hear you. It's not so much the IP per se. It's, it's the execution of the IP. There are, there are ways to do it. Interesting. I'm like, for example, Mortal Kombat 11, having the Terminator character in it, I felt really excited about that i was like oh yeah because i knew the netherrealm was going to like knock it out of the park and do something really cool so uh christian right. did you get a chance to see this trailer yeah i mean uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's been a couple of games that have had or ips that have had games like this that i wouldn't well, having not played this that appear to be like this and uh, like you both mentioned, I hope I'm wrong, but there's like a Punisher first person shooter that seemed to just kind of miss the mark in terms of what the IP could do. Um, there's there's like these weird offshoot games that are like reminiscent of the old bad movie licensed tie in games. And that's what this appears to be um, at first blush to me. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I think there is something exciting about that. But it is this weird world, as you mentioned, Jeff, where it's like as a film in what 1991 when Terminator 2 came out and even God, when did the first one come out around there? I don't even know. Um, I think, okay, man, (laughs) um, that the idea of this world overrun by machines and these robots and you take them down and they get back up and seeing it. And some of that was in video games, even back then those ideas, but not represented visually the way they are now. And now that literally is every game you shoot them once they start crawling at you more. I mean, gears five does it so well with some of the enemy encounters and the gears franchise in general has. And so it is what, what is, what is, terminator um that could be a fun exciting thing to play and i think that's an important question for any game or franchise you're making you know you're making the new spider-man game and insomniac knocked that out of the park but it's like what is spider-man right like what makes that fun to play what is that world what is that story um there are rumors of uh the new batman game getting announced actually sometime soon what is a Batman game in 2020 or the end of 2019? What makes that character fun to play? And it can't be anymore. It cannot just be, look, we put the Daredevil skin on something. Unless it's in Fortnite, then it works and everybody buys it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Batman just came to Fortnite, so. <laughs> but even there, they do incorporate things. Flawed. <laughs> no, even there, they do incorporate more than they need to for that uh, marketing billboard that is also a game. Um but it needs to it needs to do more. It needs to do more, and and hopefully this this game does. But it it really reminds me of the mid nineties when you know Aerosmith did have a light gun game and uh, and, and those types of games. Well, we're rooting for you, Terminator game, and I'm also rooting for the Terminator movie. Uh, I want oh, yeah. the movie to be awesome. Yeah, uh, I want Linda Hamilton to be amazing. 
Um, all right. Well, let's move on and talk about the games that we have been playing in a little segment we call the playlist. I picked a very terrible time to have my eye explode because uh, there's a whole lot of games to play right now. And uh, it's not easy to stare at a screen when your eye is burning and falling out and you only have one of them that works. Uh, so it's been very frustrating for me, but it's a very exciting time for games. Dan, I have to admit, much of the reason that I wanted you to come back to the show now is because uh, you will not shut up about WoW Classic. Wait, you told me it was because I'm your best friend and you just wanted me on the show more often and you just like hearing my voice. That's the only reason? No, it's And you, you told me it was because I got to pitch him a movie because he has free time now. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Blunblarded and it's uh, about a, a mall cop who uh, looks for... Hey, 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 I told you that in confidence. He's, re- he's related to uh, an old explorer. It's about a guy named Mark Edding and his job <laughs> is to save the world via marketing. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, but you, uh, you love uh, WoW Classic and I get texts all the time about why am i not playing this game and Jeff, let me just tell you we took you off the text chain <laughs> if you think you're if you think you're getting texts all the time you sir are getting a fraction of the texts that are happening because this is when your eye exploded so <laughs> text chain oh man uh so a little history uh dan and i have played world of warcraft together forever uh, all Shortly the, after we first met, yes, we started. I mean, right, right, the first, you know, yes, second meeting. Six, yeah. uh, and uh, every expansion. Uh, I don't even want to guess at how many hours uh, we have spent playing that yeah. game together. Uh, but every expansion, lots of end game content, all kinds of craziness. Yeah. All of a sudden, WoW Classic comes out. The original, no expansion version. I scoff quite frankly uh i'm not one to be cynical about things but i uh was like i don't the game has improved it has improved i enjoy the game i still enjoy wow uh but it it has gotten it looks better it there's more to do it's got it's revised a whole bunch of systems i don't have to worry about finding things on my mini map they're just there the list goes on and on and on we even did a whole story here on dlc about how uh, how funny it was that people were reporting to blizzard a bunch of errors in the game but it wasn't errors it's just how wow classic used to be dan you are in absolute love with this old version of this game that we've played i sure am bud um (laughs) and i don't think i'm the only one um and i would not i I, but here's the thing let me just set the table even fuller first of all i i played i played wow when it first came out on my mac um, laptop very crappily, um, barely. I then really played in earnest when we met. It was, I think it was Burning Crusade, um, was really the first, so the first expansion for the game is when I first started playing and have not stopped playing since then. Um, that's, and to go further, I really am an MMO addict. Over the past year, I went from playing, um, BFA, the latest WoW expansion, max level characters, starting alts, um, to SWOTOR, 
um, bring getting up some other alts in that game um, to ESO to uh, uh, Warframe again, and then to Final Fantasy fourteen when Classic was announced, and I was like, I can't, I'm finally getting through Final Fantasy fourteen. This has been on the list forever, and all of these reviews for WoW Classic are like, it's actually really great. And I'm thinking the same thing Jeff's thinking. I'm going, well, wait, but we improved upon this. Like, I, I know what's going to happen. Like, every game um, that I'm a fan of from back in the day from my childhood, and I played again, I'll play for two minutes. I'll get what I want out of it that I'll realize, oh, I could have just watched a little bit of YouTube of it. Yeah, to get that nostalgia and rub it. and you'll be fine. Yeah, get, yeah. get the little nostalgia rub, exactly. But let me tell you, the reason why this is good has has way less to do with nostalgia and way more to do than they designed a great game. They made a great game. And I'm here to say, I don't think they've improved it over the years. They've taken, they've changed things and they've, they've improved. They made quality of life improvements that I think now looking back have affected the quality of experience. I think it's not that dissimilar to George Lucas putting in CG wow. things and what is your reaction to that? You go, sure, there's CG things in that scene now. I don't think the scene's better. What did you say in the preference? You said, you said it looks better now. Why do I need to go back to WoW Classic? It looks better now. Well, those re-releases of Star Wars, they technically look better, quote unquote, now. But it's not the same experience. Um, and, you know, the thing that's really remarkable and I'm, I'm going to open this up philosophically to you guys, um, is I don't know how the lessons that I'm learning from this could be, or anyone can learn from this, can be instated in a modern um, game that has gone on for years be, outside of a fresh start server. Because part of the power of this game is that we're all, first, let me just, let me just say this. The, the the gameplay is different. I think the reason why we're all loving it is we really enjoy this gameplay. Um, the classes play differently than they have changed them to play now. Now, because it sucked that uh, my my warlock class has all these benefits, but has all these cons too that another class has all the benefits of, and they you know I can't I get a mount at forty amazing, um, so I get a mount for free when everyone else has to many of the other classes don't get those mounts free. They got to save their gold, but the other classes, they have movement abilities throughout the leveling experience to make them move faster. They can teleport blink like the mage gets blink or the hunter gets aspect of the cheetah. So he can be, and I'm like running super slow. Cause I don't get that. So in later iterations, wow gave all of those quality life things. There's class-based things to all the classes. So we all have the same kind of rotate our rotations, are just different skins on the same kind of gameplay. And it's all fun. It's all great. I love WoW. I love WoW. Love it. Um, but there's something to me playing a class that it it's the only... This class plays its own unique way that some I know when I'm in a group with a warrior or whomever else, they're not having the same experience and they need me. Mm-hmm. And I need them. That is such a magical piece of alchemy. And the game was designed. So just from a um, visual design standpoint, 
I'm now like experiencing the world in a way that I've long forgotten, you know, now that I can fly and drop in an area or even when I'm, I've, I've leveled so many alts from the beginning and, you know, you race through cause you level so quickly, you race through areas, you don't read, you just go to checkpoint, you know, it's like, or check marks or um, exclamation points, sorry. Um, and you're racing through and you're not really thinking about the world. And because there's so much space and so much of this game is spent walking or running, but you're really like, I'm this guy. I'm this little magic-y dude that's got to go. I got, oh, I got to pull off this thing. I got to go from A to B. And when I die, boy, does it suck because I got to run all the way back to my body. It just makes, in the way that the Souls games, those systems make those, like that gameplay matter. That is undeniable. Um, and so geographically, when I, when you first get, when you first crest a hill and get to a city or you're in a snowy area and then you're going through a tunnel and you come out of the tunnel and now you're in a green area, I always, I think I, um, dismiss that as being, oh, they're just hiding, loading things behind it, whatever. No, but it's like geographically, that's how it would function. And I just feel so much a part of this world in a way that the modern game doesn't employ. And other MMOs, frankly, don't quite employ. They don't feel quite as lived in um, and as immersive a world. And so let me let me just say the really incredible thing is every single session that I pop in and play, I have an incredibly uh, I have an incredible emergent social experience um, that is what you want when you play Ark or Conan. Um, or Warframe or uh, any or WoW retail or any MMO. You you want to have the experience where you're meeting up with people and or I mean even Fortnite, you know, and like you're and then you have to pull off this thing and you'll whatever. But the fact that like you get to a thing and we all need to kill these zombies, we all need to kill these wolves, like and they're so hard and it's taking so long and you meet another guy, he needs to do the same group of quests and we link up and then we realize even just the two of us are overwhelmed right now. You find four people and then there's other another squad of four. Um, and they're killing all the things you need. So like, you're trying to find another heir. Like you're just having this incredibly fun experience that is what it's like the fake stuff that they do at e that E3's past when they're putting, they're doing the demos and everyone's like trying to be, you know, they're performing, having a good time with each other and trying to sound actors, trying to sound like gamers. Like that quality that they're trying to represent is happening constantly. And it's like, like the feeling when we play Journey, you know, like you're having this emergent social experience that is happening constantly. And I don't know how. How you could pull that off? I mean, the reason why it's happening is because we're all starting, we're all going through it again. And if you were to play this, if once once WoW Classic has been around for a while, and people and even people sort of have, you're just sort of with people that are leveling alts here and there. Is it going to be the same game? How how can someone make a game that maintains that experience the entire way through? Ironically, I, I mentioned Warframe, and that. The, the thing that those, that team has pulled off is they constantly make end game users need resources that are in the earlier planets and maps. So they're, every map is always vital because they're encouraging. But in WoW, it's different because you, that's what happens is you'll see a guy on a flying mount drop in while you're still leveling and he'll just go do his little thing and then pop out. You know, it's it's a different kind of game. So, and I wish, I mean, this is such a magical experience that I'm having. It's a, 
it's I, I love the gameplay. It's not just a nostalgia thing. It's not just like, oh yeah, I remember this. Like I'm genuinely having more fun playing these mechanics, the the challenge of it where you just you you're lucky if you can take on two mobs and if three mobs happen, you're busting everything out. And if you make it out through your um quick witted str- strategy and and dexterity to pull stuff off, you feel like a friggin' hero. It's amazing. Um so yeah. I mean, I love this and it, 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 it reminds me of a very, very vivid memory of, of me playing at launch, uh, of the original world of Warcraft. I played it solo. Uh, and it was the kind of thing where I remember I got into a guild for the first time and it was really crazy. Just the idea of being in a guild. And I remember, uh, many, many times going, seeing a new area and just being excited about the transition from the old area to the new area or, you know, standing in a spot and waiting. Is this the spot where the thing is supposed to thing? Does anybody know all of that? I have vivid memories of, and I understand the draw. It's interesting to me that you frame it in this thing where it is a specific moment in time, i.e. the launch of wow classic, because the biggest question that I had for you is, what happens? Th- this is clearly right. doing yeah. well for Blizzard. What do they? Does this fracture off? Is this like an alternate timeline now? Do they support this game? Do they support yeah. this game? Like what? People want it to be a time, a um, a snapshot of in time. But if you get to the end and you do everything. Are you just done with WoW Classic? Or, I don't. I know this is the question of the of of the time. It's like, do they do they then do Burning Crusade? <laughs> does, does it go to that or someone? I was watching one YouTuber account posit, what if they just made new content for, like they don't change the systems, they don't pat, they don't they don't start upgrading things the way that retail went. It's they don't follow its timeline. They they create new dungeons yeah. and new raids for Classic. And they just doesn't, level cap at 60 and you never level again. You just have more end game, right? That's maybe. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it's new levels and new abilities, but it's not following the same timeline. You know, I mean, they'll, they'll never do that. I, I can't imagine, but I mean, it's wild. Um, if, if, if the, if the install base is playing this and not the other game, there's, I would think they would follow the population. Wouldn't they follow their, yeah their audience? I wonder how, I mean, I know that so many people are playing classic, but I don't know if it's comparable. The other thing I want to say is like the level, what, what all MMOs, I mean, SWOTOR to me is, has one of the best, most rewarding leveling experiences due to the amount of talents you get and the way that they're spaced out. The problem with retail wow is that the first 20 levels to 20 to 30 levels, you get your full rotation and then it's like every two, every three, every five levels, you get something new. And to ding, right? To get the ding new level and you get nothing for it yeah. is so debilitating and That's really effective. Wow too. But wow, cl- exactly. That's what you but wow, classic. Every, yeah, because of the talent that. trees, you're always, every, every ding, there's something for you to do. Every two, is a bunch of new abilities, right. but at least every one you're getting something more. And sometimes it's something amazing. And something it's something, at least something is improving. I remember you have just to go level. to a trainer. You have to find a trainer. Yeah. And you got to think about that. You got, you have to save the gold yeah. to spend it, right. spend it all in those. And so it makes it all matter. 
It's interesting. I, I know Christian, you were never uh, a, a wow addict like the two of us were uh, and are, but I wonder what you think about this idea of the, um, the, the corner, the, the corner with the, you know, with the sharp 90 degree angle that is fun. But then people are like, I keep bumping into that corner. Well, okay, well, let me just grind it down a little bit and make it easier. It's so rounded now. So you don't, you don't hurt yourself when you hit the Mm. corner and you keep rounding it and you keep rounding it and you keep rounding it. And all of a sudden it's, it's not even a hallway anymore. It's just a big room. Jeff. (laughs) Look at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Amazing. <laughs> it's and I think I think that's what it is. It's like, well, oh, you that's you it, it's frustrating for you to do that. Okay, well, let's we'll fix it. And it's a thousand band-aids that become, you know, it, its own thing and it's and it no longer looks like the the thing it it was patching. Um how do you feel about that, Christian, as as somebody that has invested a lot of time into a lot of games? Well, I mean, if those if those band aids have uh, characters on them, my my kids would love it. They would rather have that thousand band aid version. Uh, yeah, my kid won't even won't even go to bed without a band aid. Dada, I need a band aid. You haven't hurt yourself. You need a band aid, Dada. Let's talk more band aid, Dada. More band aid. This this is band aid putting on time. You're wasting my time. Yeah, uh, I think that's an interesting way to look at it, right? And I I think to some extent, what I I wonder if WoW Classic is better to play today than it was back in the early aughts because it was pretty great back then i must say clearly clearly it was uh and it was very successful but i think now the people that are playing it now i would guess are wanting that experience um whereas before that was kind of the only experience and now so i think maybe you have you can go in there solo and find other people that are willing to group and, and play the game air quote right because it's a known quantity Whereas yes. before yes. people were hitting that corner. Now everyone knows there's a corner there, you know? Correct. And Correct. so you can appreciate that or enjoy it. And like, I love stuff like hearing Dan talk about you coming over the Vista and seeing the world. I mean, to a big part, that's why I'm still a Disney kid. I love the way they design their parks mm-hmm. and you transition from one area to the other area and you can't even see Frontierland anymore, but the plants work and you know, you, you go over these vistas and you're in these worlds and creating spaces and so having WoW, you know, doing that and now doing it again, it's fantastic. But I also know that when you have a limited amount of time to play a game and goal is number min-max, like, I don't, I can understand how a lot of players at, at various times don't want that experience of shifting landscapes. They want min-max, <laughs> you know, but now everybody is going into it knowing exactly what it is and you're able to appreciate those things i would guess or hypothesize in a different way than before and i think jeff your point illustrates that to some extent because there's there's an end you know so it's like i love this game i can't wait to get through it oh well crap <laughs> it's crazy to, me to 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 have somebody sitting in an office at blizzard going um wow people really dig this this version we should support it if only we had tons of art assets and, skins <laughs> and character designs and mounts and if only we had a treasure trove of things to just throw into this game Christian, uh, you make a really good point that it's a it's a, what's interesting is in retail wow you when you ask for a question about something that you don't you know. Where am I supposed to go with this thing? You're greeted with noob. You're, you know, people teasing you, ribbing you. 
what's happening in classic is it's like, it's such a friendly community because we all know either people like doing it from memory or we're all like, we're aware of how it was. And, and now we've like learned the lessons and we know that we want this and we want this to be good. Um, and we all know what we need now this time around and how to do it right now this time around. And everyone's helping each other. I mean, I'm sure there's servers and there's people that have, um, maybe I'm having a more isolated experience. I don't think so. Um, but I think you're right that it's like, we're sort of, we're, we've learned the lessons of old when we're playing and now we're having a better experience because of it. I also think that the, our, our gaming community interest in the the survival game, um, is that, I mean, that was Conan and Ark, we'd, we'd call them survival games, right? And yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole genre. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that Subnautica, right. no, that is No Man's Sky. Like, that, I think that has also primed us to want to, um, to better enjoy the experience that WoW Classic yeah. offered versus um, what it's become. But I remember uh, very vividly that experience in, in WoW of, asking in game anybody know how to do this anybody know how to and and people doing it because there weren't those resources and then right. i remember living through in real time the databases like you know alakazam and wowhead and those things appearing as necessary tools because people are like well hey well let's just thoughtbot thoughtbot right yeah. all that stuff but it's interesting it's like it's an interesting psychological discussion because it's like, you know, <laughs> back to Terminator, I guess, maybe it's like, did, did our inventions ruin us? You know, is it, is it mm. the things that we thought we wanted are what actually reduced some of the fun? Well, let me say this one. I still love retail. Wow. I don't want anyone to take it. Like, I love it. I'm not saying like that's a bad game and this became a good game. That game is, is great. And I'll, when I'm, I'm sure classic will run its course through me and I'll always return to what wow is. I mean, I think unless, unless the answer to the question you pose is magical and I don't know what the other thing I want to say about your rounded room hallway analogy is on the flip side and not to beat this drum a million times, but Warframe is this in insane example of a game that has changed drastically and they've, made it into something better and better and better and wider and wider, more and more horizontal and vertical, like at the yeah. same time. And so they've pulled off. They haven't ruined it by making quality of life improvement, like by changing, like they've made it better. Um, so that is, there is a version of that. That's amazing. And once again, even retail white is amazing. But what I want to say is they designed this game. They, they, they designed wow classic to be, a specific thing. Right. And I think the changes that they made have changed infringed on that design. Um, so I'm no longer having the, like what I'm having now is the intended experience and you're seeing all the math. It's, it's, it's like, you know, when you revisit, there's some movies, like I would say when I replayed, um, Castle of Illusion or DuckTales, you know, the, when they came back and I could play the Genesis games again. I know Christian, you devour those. And I, and I like that. I'm like, Oh yeah, I like this, but it doesn't stay with me. And I would say that that's like when I revisit, um, like the secret of my success, like some eighties movie, not back, back to the future. I love the secret of my success. It's on, you can watch it on Amazon prime. I just watched it the other night again. Um, and you go like, okay, like I remember liking this as a kid. That's what I thought being an adult was going to be, by the way. 
<laughs> That's That's I, thought that movie, I thought that movie was everything I wanted about being an adult. Well, let me tell you, you have to rewatch it tonight because <laughs> it is, it's the most eighties. I mean, it's like, wow, we all thought that that like corporate, like it's shoulder pads. It's insane. Um, but, and like, like crazy with like, you know, me too. And where, where we're at, polit- you know, um, culturally today, but, um, but back to the future, you revisit and you go, Oh yeah, it's still brilliant. It's not, and it's not back to the future. Three isn't better than back. Even though it was the, the more recent one that had better visual effects in it or what, you know, like it's still brilliant. And like, I, I didn't see Bumblebee, um, but it's supposed to be great. Right. And that's a, that's sort of a re it's, it's a re it's another version of ET. And it's, you could say it's better the graphics, it's better whatever. But you go back and watch ET and go, oh no, this is still the masterclass of this kind of story. And I would say that is wow classic. It's not like something that was junk and then they improved upon. Like, no, it actually is good. Um, and it's not just good because you go, uh, like, it's like you, you got out of the, you get out of the shower and ET's on or any of the of movies of Princess Bride, whatever. And you're there in your towel and dry by the time the movie's over. You know, yeah. you're not doing that just because, oh, I remember liking this as a kid. It actually is phenomenal experience. Right. You're clearly right. And it's not that it's better. It's just different. Like it's different. Yeah. It's not that yeah. they ruined the game. It's that they made something Correct. different and the old thing was also good. Right. Uh, yeah, and right. that's uh, I think that's a distinction and interesting. Also great, yeah. also phenomenal. Yeah, yes. but also gone. You know, like, like <laughs> I think that was the point that I missed because when you were like when you were saying Warframe, yeah. uh, you know, did, improved it. I think all the months leading up to WoW Classic coming out, that's what I was saying about WoW. Like that's what I yes. believed to be the yeah. case. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, we got. That was a long discussion about that, but I knew it would Sorry. be. I think it was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, let me thank our second sponsor. Uh, I, I got to tell you about Quip because I love my Quip. I love, love, love my Quip. Uh, I have recommended Quip to so many people. And it's weird to say you love your toothbrush, but I, I genuinely love my, my toothbrush. Uh, and it is because I have thoroughly understood how wonderful it is to take things off my mental plate. <laughs> to, to reduce my mental load in even small ways has a big, big impact on my, my well-being, my, my mind. Uh, and that's what Quip can do as a toothbrush. It, it keeps track of how long I've been brushing and it pulses every 30 seconds and then it turns itself off after two minutes. And it means that I'm brushing my teeth for two minutes, which is what dentist recommend and what I almost never did in my life because I'm impatient. I'm not thinking about it. I, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just, blah, 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 I got stuff to do. Go. But quip goes, no, I'm going to pulse. I'm going to keep track of you. I got your back. I got you, bro. And don't even stress. I'll turn off when it's time to be done. Your mind can wander. You can do whatever you're going to do. Just keep brushing until I say it's done. <laughs> I love that. I genuinely love that. Uh, and it, it also is so smartly designed in so many other ways as well. It's compact and wireless. Uh, it tucks easily into a carry-on. It's got, comes with this cool case that actually has a, uh, an adhesive strip that you can put like right on your mirror. That's what I did. So it removes, uh, clutter on your countertop in, in my bathroom. I love that. Uh, it's got timed so- sonic vibrations with, uh, special bristles that are soft on your gums. It's 
great, uh, effective, gentle, even for people with sensitive gums. Uh, most people brush too hard and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. They designed this one to be all of the above. It's great. And when you uh, subscribe on a dentist recommended schedule every three months, you get a brand new brush head because I know I, for so much of my life, kept brushing on the same brush way too long. The bristles were basically useless. I was just too lazy to go get a new brush. But this, for just five bucks, you get every three months a new head. Easy, easy, easy. Friendly reminder when it's time to refresh, you get new, uh, I got new toothpaste as well. Amazing. So that's why I love my quip and that they are backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. That's pretty awesome. Quip starts at just 25 bucks. And if you go to getquip.com slash DLC right now, you can get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's getquip.com slash DLC. Your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash DLC. Check it out. It's, it, I honestly genuinely love my quip. All right. Uh, so let's talk. There are a bunch of other video games to talk about right now. Uh, I want to talk. Well, let, Christian, you have been patient <laughs> and you have been playing a ton. So let's check in on your uh, playlist and, uh, and then we'll swing back and talk more stuff uh, that Dan and I have been playing together, actually. Go ahead. So speaking of uh, WoW Classic, um, Link's Awakening came out and oh, yeah. it's bringing back an old game back again and, and taking a different approach than WoW Classic where it is not just, you know, they could have announced um, Game Boy, whatever, for the Nintendo Online service and you could play Link's Awakening again. But this is an entirely remade, some quality of life improvements brought over, but very, very similar to the original Game Boy version of the game of Link's Awakening, but a huge entire graphical overhaul, new engine and all of that stuff. And I cannot stop playing Link's Awakening. Did I play it when I was little? Yes. Do I remember it? Gun to my head, I would get ages or seasons uh, confused with Link's Awakening. Like, I don't no, I know one was Game Boy Advance. Minish Cap sneaks in. All of those games kind of blur together for me, so I'm not playing it off of memory now as I'm replaying it. But this game, while I love and appreciate what Breath of the Wild did, Breath of the Wild did for the franchise and for games in general and how it totally, literally changed the game um, as to what that style of game is and, and what I think games can be largely, playing Link's Awakening again now reminds me of how much I loved that classic Zelda formula of get a thing to do the thing. This thing needs two of these things. This thing says you need this thing, but before you can get that thing, you got to go get that other thing that then opens this thing that then sets you off this way to do this thing. And then you remember, what was I doing? Oh yeah, I got to go back and do this thing. And the way it really all is of a those magical formula, you know, and, and it, it is uh, as cool as the evolution of the Zelda franchise has been I do miss that. It's it is a beautiful structure, you know. Yes, Jeff. Uh, wait, I just have to say, I'm I'm shocked to hear you say that. I know I, I, I'm shocked. I'm not shocked because I know that you you do love the formula. We talked about much over the years, but at the same time, when I hear that, I love games despite that formula. Hmm. And I I like the outcome when it's minimal, but when I hear you say that, Christian, and I think of those experiences, which are so many games, 
um, that, that have been influenced by Zelda that I, I get so overwhelmed. I like, there's an OCD part of me. That's like, it's the feeling that I get. You guys have probably talked about it before when you stop playing a game and then you co- come back to it a couple months later, I tend to start it anew, um, which is why I have so many alts and MMOs because I'm like, what, what was that? It's too overwhelming. And that happens in a Zelda game, whether you come go away from it or not, when you play a game, that's like, you got to remember even where you were. Was I supposed to write things down? So, even though I, that I had to go well, back I a lot. Is, I just oh, go ahead. Link's Awakening solves a lot of that. One, uh, as a as an old, as a fellow old. Sorry, Dan, I'm including you with me. Um, um there. It, it it is a Game Boy game, so it was yeah. never at. I mean, the original Zelda. You know, you you say Souls games. I would uh, counter to you the Legend of Zelda. Um, but that to because. Link's Awakening was a Game Boy game. It isn't as complex as you might remember um, later Zelda games. Even um, the, all the names are so similar, but yet different. I mean, I think the first, I think the original Zelda had was complex. Yes, and, but you know, but yeah. this Link's Awakening is not as big of a game as some of the others that came after it. Also, one of the quality of life things they've added is memories. So you can go back and re-read, mm. you know, kind of see the air quote cutscene, the the text file of the character you talked to talked to last, or you can see a list of all the characters you talked to to go get reminded as to what you're doing or what you're looking for, you know, kind of what that vague clue is and setting you off in a certain area. So if you do put it down for a, a couple of days, which you know just came out on Friday and I I have not <laughs> put it down. Um you can go back and see those things and remember where you are and what your breadcrumb is to follow, which I think is super helpful. And then I think it's a testament to how well Zelda games, especially these older games and this, this air quote classic Zelda formula, you talked about how well WoW Classic is designed. Replaying Link's Awakening now, I guess I'm not replaying it. It's weird. Playing the new version of Link's Awakening now shows how well designed Legend of Zelda games are, and while other games often get close, and some get very close, in my opinion, there's very little that does it as well as The Legend of Zelda. And so, yes, those things can be maddening when you're off in a million different ways and you don't know what you're doing anymore. But when it's able to have the perfect pitter-patter that points you to one thing, you explore another area, find the thing, you hit a problem, and you kind of sit there for maybe a half second longer than you thought you would because you're like, I, I can do this. This is what I do. I got to do this thing now. And you're like, oh, I guess I... I can't do this game's broken. This I, oh, I hate this game. I can't do it. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, it's that thing that I got to do. And then like you have that aha moment. I think these classic Zelda games and now playing this new Link's Awakening, is I'm having so many of those mini aha moments that it keeps me going versus putting me off of the game. And, and also someone who is very OCD with my gaming and like Ubisoft games when every new thing I pick up puts a exclamation point in my HUD or whatever. I'm like, no, my next yeah. hour of gaming will be clearing things in my HUD. Um, yeah. I find Leaks Awakening to be very satisfying. Also, mm. my God, is it gorgeous? Like, yes, I'm, there's some frame rate problems. It's not as bad, I think, as it was at E3, Jeff, um, when I played it there. But this Doctor, little... Dr. Handheld. Uh, both. I've, I've played both. Um, yeah. Pretty, probably 50-50. Um, but the little, the aesthetic, the aesthetic of like this little plastic world or whatever is the water. It's gorgeous. It's It's absolutely gorgeous. I'm playing with my kids. Um, my oldest solved a puzzle for me. Uh, Did you get that for them yet? Or is that Christmas? 
What? Did you get them those, their Switch lights no, yet? No, that's later. Yeah, it's Christmas. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I love this game. It is my, I think I said this on one when you were not here, Jeff. My top five games of the year list is probably 25 deep already. But yeah. Link's Awakening quickly made it into my top five for, for 2019. It is phenomenal. I love it. I, Dan, I would say you should play it. But then I know that you'd beat it before me, so you can wait. <laughs> <laughs> but how's the um the gameplay? How's the combat in it? Is it challenging? Is it fun? Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it's classic Zelda, classic okay. that style of you know. Swing I have sword. my shield. I have my sword. Uh, you get <laughs> you're gonna get your bombs. You're gonna um progress. So it's not demanding combat. It certainly doesn't require a lock 60 frames per second or, you know, whatever it is, 30 frames mm. to pull off things. It's the classic um, boss fight, hit a guy three times, figure out the pattern, maybe die on it the first time and then kind of figure out what you need to do um, before you take them down. But it is absolutely exquisite in my opinion. I, to respond to, to your point, Dan, about um, that feeling, I think that feeling is much more pronounced in, breath of the wild than it is in these classic zelda games because the the way i think of that template that zelda template is it's very much a uh a linear progression it's very much a i need to have the boots in order to do the thing i need to have the boomerang in order to get the next thing so it's like i have to get this to get that to get this to get that to get this to get that and it feels very clear feels Mm. very um it doesn't hold my hand, but it feels very, uh, uns- I, I, I'm, 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 I'm purposeful, you know, I know what I need to do uh, and I don't, may not know exactly how to accomplish it, but I know what I need to, to do. And I would argue it's that with the few zags along the way where sure. you got to go to this area and then you go there and you can't do the thing yet. But like you said, go to this area yeah, and then it's like, it's Oh, so well, I got to go to this to do that and then go there. I, I, that is the, so satisfying to see a thing that I can't do and then later get the thing and then be able to go do that thing. Return to the place. It's Superman two, you know, I come back and I, and I <laughs> run the guy across the, the countertop at the diner because now I'm Superman. I love that. Thing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I went to the place and I couldn't extinguish that fire, but now I can. Uh, mm. I, I find that very satisfying. And also, Yes, there are zigs and zags, but it, it never feels like I'm not able – I'm uncertain what I should do. And and in the context of a dungeon, exactly what you said, Christian, the, the design, the level design, the pure level design of feeling like these dungeons are sprawling – and I have a key and there's three different doors I can use the key on. What? I wonder which one do I do? And somehow they it always works. Somehow they knew that I could only go this way and I will be able to, you know, that there will be enough keys to make, let me do it. It, it, it is just beautiful and ex- exquisitely designed so that it feels like I have a bunch of options, but they, but it's a magic trick. You know, they know that they're forcing that card on me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so I I love it. The rest I can hit quickly. I meant to talk about this. I think it was last week with uh, Khalif, but I I think we both played it, but neither one of us talked about it. Uh, I played some NBA Two K Twenty. It's I I it's so complex. <laughs> that I, the last one I had, I think, was the when the PS Four launched. Was the last one I played with any real um, 
seriousness. This one I played a little bit, mostly just random matchups, and honestly, mostly just to play as a WNBA um, team so my kids could walk in and see that and experience that and see that on the screen as a video game. And they really appreciated that, and I had fun with it. Three hours. I'm in here. Anybody, if anybody wants to walk in, I'm, I'm in here playing video games. <laughs> You've been to my house, so you know it's not. It doesn't work that way. They they can't miss it. Uh, my place is small. Still playing. <laughs> if anybody wants to come by and see the screen, it's that it's that magical. I was talking about this with someone. That magical feeling. The wor- this is the worst feeling when you're going to pull a prank on somebody <laughs> and you're waiting and suddenly you realize the prank is on me because <laughs> I feel like an asshole. You fall asleep <laughs> in the bush because they didn't walk by. <laughs> Right. And then you get upset, so you leave, and then the bucket of water falls on you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, luckily for me, they walked in right on cue, and they loved it. <laughs> um, and then I am a an Apple Arcade convert. Uh, I the mm. right now that I've been putting a lot of time in our Skate City and what the golf, and then I hooked up a controller for Shanty and the Seven Sirens Part One, which is it is a Shanty game. I'm excited for the rest of the parts of that to come out. On touch controls, I played it a little bit with touch controls. Yeah, not as good. You have a um, controller to your phone? My or iPhone, how- yeah. It comes out to iPad later. It's not on uh, other devices yet, Apple Arcade. What controller do you have? I've bought a few in the past and have always I Xbox, not been Xbox One. What? Yeah, yeah it's, it's iOS 13, yeah. PS4, or Xbox One. As long as you have the Bluetooth Xbox One. Okay, one. set the scene. Okay, that's exciting. But also, tell us, okay, you're sitting... On a what? The phone is on a what? How is it happening? Sitting on so, a boat. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting on millions of dollars. No, I'm, uh, <laughs> I have a, a, one of those uh, like Gorilla Clips um, for my phone. So I, I mounted it on that and it was fine, very ergonomic, and, and it, worked, it worked well. The ideal use case is going to be when iPad OS launches and I just <sighs> feels fl- weird. flip or that thing up. Apple TV, right? And Apple TV yeah. as well, and on Mac uh, when that launches. So it will be everywhere, kind of cross-save progression system. Like, is the I'm playing on a 10R? Is that the best form factor to be playing with the controller hooked up? No, but it worked really well, and I wanted to see kind of how that controller interaction worked. But Skate City, I'm playing on the phone, and what the golf, I'm playing on the phone without anything. Um, this this goes back to our conversation during um, Story of the Week, where it's just like so many yeah. incredible mobile games <laughs> launched all in one day all in one day and there are I, there it is i haven't even played the like the cool neon future speed bike looking yeah, game wild heart i was gonna ask you wild heart sayonara or whatever that's the one i'm most excited yeah. about overland i want a bigger screen for it to play uh the new there's a new choo-choo rocket there's a new good choo-choo rocket uh there's Lego Brawl. Oh, I played a little bit of Lego Brawls as well, which is like felt very smashy and the kids loved that. Um, there's so much. I, I really like it. I'm very concerned about what it means for games and gaming going forward, the subscription service model. But um, right now in this moment in time, I'm I'm very happy and very impressed with the is, service. Is there any, was there any interaction with the game that you would have in-app purchases that didn't or do they still have like how did that no they feel like bespoke made for the service right like lego brawls maybe like you do you are unlocking little lego men um to you can customize your fighter but that's been common in the you know console lego games for years now where you kind of unlock 
new little minifigs and stuff like that. Could I see a microtransaction version of that? Yes, but it didn't feel like they just stripped it out. All of the games I've played have felt very much like um, full packaged games. It's some that are more purpose built for mobile and other like Shanti and um, uh, Overland feel like they'd probably be better, you know, with a controller on a bigger screen, but they're coming, <laughs> you know, like that's going to be on the bigger screen soon. And for f- right now, freaks, I'm in my first month. And if you get a new phone, I think it's free for a year. Yeah. Um, mm. It's a heck of a value right now. I'm curious to see how they curate and do they just keep adding like, am I going to have what the golf forever or will it go away kind of the way games do on game pass and stuff like that? There's little gripes. Like you download the game, which I guess is good because then you have it, but it's, it's not, it's like a whole little new app on my phone. Um, so it's not like I, I launch it, have it forever. Cause doesn't that work with uh, game pass as well? You download the game and if you've got it on, it's just available for a limited yeah. time, but if you've got it on your system. You've got it forever. I think, yeah, I, I believe that's true for Game Pass. I'm curious how Apple Arcade does it. Um, the way I like to organize my phone, it's a little bit of a nightmare where I downloaded like 40 games and I had to drag them all into a folder. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm excited for you two to try it if you haven't. Like it is, it's free for a month. I think longer if you get a new device. And yeah, there I'm are some, for my new phone. Yeah, some standout, yeah. standout games. Like what the golf is hysterical. I don't want to talk too much about it if people haven't played it. But that alone is worth the risk of not remembering to unsubscribe after a month. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I, and, it, and I was gonna, I was gonna scoff at the idea of Gorilla gripping your phone and using a, a controller. Mm-hmm. But literally today, my three-year-old uh, came up to me and said something that he's never said before, but it warmed my heart. And he goes, "Dada, can we watch football?" And I was like, "Yes," and he goes. <laughs> Not on the big screen, on your phone. I was like, what? We have an 80-inch television. Why would you ever not want to watch football? Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. He, prefer, he, he wants to watch it on the phone. And, oh, boy. Uh, and I, In I mean, portrait I have, mode also? Like vertically? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, wants, he wants to kill his father. He wants to, he wants to watch it in um, – a motion scan. Um, <laughs> smooth motion scan. Trying to destroy. You know why that is, Jeff? I I, I think I know why because I'm sure we're this, our kids see us on our phones, yeah, and they don't see us watching TV because we're trying to be good, you know. Oh, but they're just the phone is the magical thing to them. The TV is like they don't even know what that's used. <laughs> you know. Yes. But yeah. you mentioned a great point, uh, or alluded to a potentially great point here that I really think is exciting about Apple Arcade. One, it's family planable. So it's five bucks for however many, like six people or whatever the family plan mm. includes. Two, if you do have an older kid or a kid that is gaming, this is a thing that I can give them. And there's a, a huge buffet of all different types of games that they can play that I don't have to be afraid of. Oh, crap. I just spend a thousand dollars because they're not mm, accidentally right. in app purchasing. And if they don't I, like a game, huge. that's huge. That's huge. Cause huge. so many people are scared of like giving their kid a, a phone and yes. letting that all of a sudden those, you know, they hear those horror stories. Yes. So, and yeah. there's so many different types of games. Like, I don't want this one. Try this one. We're, we're driving to Texas. Try a different one. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. I'm, wow. I'm very happy with it right now. Uh, you know where it goes, it goes. But if you are on the fence and maybe you were like, uh, Jeff was to wow classic. Um, I, I can't recommend Apple Arcade and Link's Awakening enough. Both dropping on the same day. I'm I'm over the moon with both. 
Well, it's getting late, uh, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Borderlands 3 because Dan and I played it uh, together. Yeah, um, I was busy. <laughs> you were working. I was not. <laughs> I was uh, unable to work. Um, so, yes. Um, and honestly, uh, I, I have a hard time. I've been having a hard time uh, looking at screens with my one eye and not having issues. But um, so I haven't played as much as I want. It's been excruciating having time off, <laughs> forced mm. time off in recovery and not being able to do anything. It's ridiculous. I've listened to a lot of audiobooks, but uh, other than that, like it's so frustrating. Anyway, story for another time. A pertinent point is uh, Borderlands 3. And Dan, I know you and I have talked as we were playing it a lot. Uh, and I know you have very uh, strong feelings about that game. That's a franchise that you have played a lot of as well, as have we both. Uh, and you like quite a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, it's some of my favorite games. I mean, I I, I love Borderlands. I love Borderlands 2. And the um, the Tiny Tina DLC that's like a D&D session is one of the most well-written, funniest, um, best gaming experiences I've had. On, it's on the list, you know? Um, so I love, and I've played the pre-sequel. I mean, I just, I love these games. Um, and... Uh, I think Borderlands 3 is more of the stuff that I love. Um, I really enjoy it. I like it because it's it's Borderlands. It's yeah. the thing that I love. Yeah. It's not really – I think I think every review is sort of saying the same thing. Um, I was expecting it, you know, coming out. It, it, it's not really changing up too much. Um, but it's interesting to be reminded yet again of how just purely – satisfying the baseline mechanics of that game are just the, the pure lizard brain uh, pleasure center tickle of seeing numbers come off of something I'm shooting mm-hmm. of looting a, a, a box and having it unfold before me and seeing a bevy of new things of having um, a bad guy die. And then this gun not just fall out of it but flip out and spin and land and look unique even before i've checked it out in my inventory all of all of that just sort of baseline borderlandsy stuff is very very satisfying and good and to be have been doing it for so many years and there's still you know unique gun mechanics and yeah um and visuals that uh, they hadn't tapped yet is is remarkable for them to keep mining that um, and bringing new to it. The, on the flip side, I think that they've done so many classes so well um, over the over the span of all the games that I am hitting a bit of a wall. Um, I mean, the thing that I love most is like looking at what build I can make and being excited about working towards it. And I and I've tried out every class. And I'm still like waiting. I'm like, okay, then I'll try this list and maybe that'll give it to me. And I haven't really been bit by the bug. Unfortunately, I haven't fallen in love um, with any of, of the gameplay of the classes. And part of me thinks like, have they just in trying to not repeat themselves? Um, are they just limiting, you know, things because they've done so many classes so well previously. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had the same feeling. We were we were sharing that as we were talking that that yeah. these classes don't feel quite as fun, frankly, as the as some of the previous classes. Or there, there, there's not that carrot on the end of the talent tree <laughs> that I'm mm-hmm. racing toward because it mm-hmm. sounds so amazing to get there. Um, 
And that's a, a little unfortunate. There, I mean, they're, they're cool. There's some cool stuff. It's but, also a game I wish started at 11. If that, like, it starts with two guns. Yeah, right. Like, in my yeah, head, Borderlands 2, I started with 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I could have 100 in my inventory at the beginning. I know that wasn't until the end, but I've spent so much time in that universe at the end of those yeah. games. That starting now with, like, here's your one ability and your two guns. I was like, oh, no. Well, you do bring up something interesting. Well, when I should say one, imp- when I think cool improvement is that you can pick for certain classes, you can pick two. You you don't have to pick one of the three yes. skills, yeah. action skills, or you're not just given one action skill. Frankly, actually, is what it is, or and one tree you can, or three trees you can you can pick two action skills. I think that's cool. I wish it, I wish it, I could have had that in the other games. Frankly, um, but uh, the thing that you bring up is in that Jeff and I started itching about. Um, inventory systems are they are they a good suck are they actually good are they making like when we have a limited inventory I don't know that I'm having more fun in Borderlands because I can't fit everything into my bag yeah the, the, it's an interesting question right the the decision making that you have to make in order because you have a limited inventory in a variety of games role-playing games you know games like Borderlands there's a lot of games where there's a fundamental wow. step of decision-making of, oh, I got to get rid of this or sell that, or, oh my gosh, I got to get to a place where I can sell or I can't pick this up. And Dan, I think, raised a really interesting question, which is, is that ever fun? Is that ever a fun limiter? Is that forced decision a fun decision? What do you think, Christian? Is it ever? Yes. There's anxiety and it creates tension that the release of said tension is in rewarding uh in comedy and horror and adventure and all of those things are built around that basic human response to tension so i do think there is fun in that anxiousness that it creates of like i don't know how else to describe it other than it's like a seat of your pants you know ab tightening butt cheek squeezing anxious moment of like what do i do um it, it can be fun Often I find it is not because for a game like Borderlands specifically, I'm constantly picking things up or yeah. ignoring them or right. an inv- or managing. And so I'm not able to enjoy any the way I'd want to. But yes, it can be. Often I think they overdo it. And so it is not. Yeah, it's not this style of game. It wants you to say, have fun, fast paced action. It's not like an RPG where the whole thing is moving at a steady clip and inventory management is a part of the strategy. Mm, yeah. There's no, this, this game is like, it's not about, because actually I was even thinking like Diablo and I think, um, God, what is the game that they just did a re-release on Switch for? Oh, Torchlight 2? Not that, not Torchlight, which they did, I'm dying to play, but um, no, earlier game. It's like Agent, not Rise of the Agents, but like some, it's old Greek version oh, of Diablo. Yeah, t- uh, tit- um, it's Titan. Yeah, Titan, Titan Quest. Quest. Titan, yeah. Quest. Titan Quest. Those inventory managers where you have to like arrange the shape yeah. of the it's thing. Like a mini game. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's, some, there's something to that. But I don't, I mean, I, you know, even Skyrim, I played most when I modded it for my, on, um, on both actually Xbox and PC to, to not have to worry about inventory well, space. Yeah, and let me tell you, the other counterpoint for me is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That mm-hmm. game does yeah. not care. Pick up everything, bro. Go crazy. And I loved it for it. 
I loved it for. Especially because you're going to make those decisions, yes. right? You, at some point, you're going to make a decision. You do I of them? So right. And do I sell it or do I break it down in Assassin's Creed? Yes, right? right. Am I going to use it for parts? Of- so you and you want to be make that when you're after all the action has happened, yeah, and comfortably, and you're then you're making your strategic decisions. There's nothing fun in having to interrupt the action, and just it just is a suck. That I don't know that there is a cathartic release. For. I agree. I don't know that there is. I think that's. I don't know what the. I, I think I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think that no, 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 not that all. is where I would disagree with you, Christian. Is that in what Dan is talking about with WoW of like. Oh, I can't fly. I have to walk. Oh man, this is torturous. Or I died and I have to go back to my body. Those are, they suck when you're doing them, but there is that cathartic release you were talking about of, I got to back to my body. Oh my God. Oh, just in the nick of time. Or, Oh, I walked, I walked, I walked, but I was rewarded by what I saw along the way. But I, to be clear, Borderlands, it sucks. Resident Evil, it's great. I'm saying was, the mechanic can be done well in Borderlands. It's great in Resident Evil. I think I it don't is. Know, I, like I, I have like to it. worry. I I just walked up and found a new green herb, and there's no room in my inventory for it. Does not yeah. ever feel good. It doesn't ever feel good for me to leave something behind because I got a new green herb. Oh, that's what makes it feel good. Is that yeah? You just messed up, or did you? Like that? That works in that game. Borderlands, where there are a million chests everywhere, and literally the point is get them all right. And I can't. I think there's a. Yeah, I think there's a big difference. I and because of the Souls games, maybe I'm trying to remember what. No, it's the first time you mentioned I mean, them this this episode. I, I, I get I get Resident Evil like bullet count matters, you know, and there's a tension in like collecting. I'm trying to remember what the what it is, what it looks like. But the Souls games, it's part of the strategy is how many um, Estus flasks am I going to sacrifice um, my magic spells to have more health to use later as this whatever or am i gonna you know you're 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 picking you're making a choice there and then you're off until the next bonfire and it's on you it's not but it's not that's not about like i'm picking up stuff along the way then you decide to use and there's a limited space to even contain those things and like i just i don't know i think strategizing um, your survival is something, and I get that in Resident Evil as well. That might be the one exception, and the Souls games is it's different because it's not it, your inventory is very separate from what you're. That's what you're holding on your body, um, and that affects your stamina or whatever. Like it's a, it's a, it's a part of the gameplay. Whereas holding collecting things so that they can fit inside your bag is not gameplay. There's no gameplay in it. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's an interesting question, I, and something we should continue talking about. Uh, I'd love to hear a game developer talk yes, about it. Frankly, yes, yeah. I think that would be great. I, Why is it so common? Yeah, and, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm the longer I think about it, the more I really believe that I that Assassin's Creed Odyssey is one of the greatest games ever made. Uh, and and I and I love the fact that those designers are like, no, why do we care? why do we care just keep everything i mean i think there is a limit at a certain point but it is so far down the road of of picking stuff up that i never got there uh, and and moreover the legendary items the best stuff they don't care you can always keep it in fact they don't let you sell it um so it's i i just i think it's this very smart thing that they did in that game and i i would love to why, have a why do we think it talk or something about it why, why do we think it even started to begin with? Because well, it makes logical sense, right? It, 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 right. right. You know, it, you're encumbered by carrying everything, and and if you're creating a game that is any even trying to be realistic, real. you can't 
carry yeah. everything you pick up or you find. Um, so, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. It's just like at a certain point, it's, it's a, you know, it, I have bet it was people- like a Ram issue. <laughs> or something you know yeah. <laughs> uh all right well um we're both enjoying borderlands 3 but it is a weird game it is a for me i find myself like i'm glad i don't have to write a review of it because i think it's kind of impossible to review it's like it's an insanely fun experience especially playing with other people insanely fun but also how do you even critique this thing because it's like yeah it's Something I've done, it, it, it's like saying, um, you know, it's like review pancakes. Well, they're great. They're great. But like, it's a pancake. You know, you could get a pancake anywhere and you know exactly what you're going to get when you order pancakes. It's not like these pancakes are going to be better than the, the other pancakes. It, they're great. Pancakes are always great. It's it's a strange thing to me. It's like. I think Kotaku's was pretty great where it was, uh, they basically called it potato chips. Yeah, like I, I guess it's better than pancakes. You'll eat some at a party. You know what it is. It's not the best. It's not the worst. You're always going to eat them. You're going to eat more than you planned on eating. Uh, and you're going <laughs> to enjoy it as they go down. You're going to be like, man, this is a good potato chip. It's- yeah. Do you think Do you think that there's any link to um, our feelings about Division 2 and Destiny 2 where we were all wondering, well, is this really deserved to be a numbered sequel or is it just – couldn't have just been DLC yeah. or a pack. Yeah. Or I mean, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's similar. And I think uh, another thing for me too, is like how long it took to get to borderlands three. Uh, in one sense, it's like, it's cool. It's been gone for a while and it's back, but also they were re-releasing the other ones <laughs> like crazy. But, yeah. but by the same token, I, I sort of feel like, well, why did it take you so long to make this? You know, it's, it, it seems a little paint by numbers. Um, but also it can be a broken record that that's part of the magic of, Warframe and that they could have at any point done what every other company has done and just called it this made it the sequel instead they just kept on iterating and making it, yeah yeah no I, I give them a lot of credit for that as well I think that's very smart and they probably would have gotten a lot more attention if they'd come out with mm-hmm. the sequel but they didn't mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all right guys well let me uh, let me think our last sponsor which actually is something that I used quite a lot during my recovery from eye surgery and that is DoorDash. Um, because we were really handicapped in our, in our house. Uh, we were unable, I mean, my wife basically had to do all of the uh, childcare, uh, while I was unable to move or do much of anything, see, um, and we use DoorDash quite frequently to get food to us. <laughs> uh, DoorDash connects you with your favorite restaurants in your city. And it's super easy. Uh, we, we did it with the app. You just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. So it was great. And when it, you know, you have all kinds of stuff. At a certain point, if you want delivery, you feel like, oh, it's pizza or Chinese uh, or, you know, there's very few things that can be delivered. Well, not anymore because DoorDash basically means you can get anything that you want delivered. They have uh, over 340,000 restaurants in over 3,000 cities. So that's pretty amazing. I mean, they have stuff like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, Cheesecake Factory, stuff that you know, the big, big chains. They've also got more local phase. My wife and I uh, got a bunch of stuff that's just around us. It's great. You don't have to worry about dinner. It just got delivered to us. And they have deals all the time. Uh, we have a deal for you right now. 
listeners to DLC can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code DLC. That's five bucks off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code DLC. Don't forget to use promo code DLC. You get five bucks off your first order from DoorDash. It's pretty awesome. Um, and like I said, I used it a lot during my recovery. So uh, it's great. You know, it happens fast. You get it quickly and uh, you get the food you want instead of the food that's just available. Pretty great. All right, guys, uh, let's wrap the show up. We do have parting gifts coming up. Man, it's been so good to be back. I have missed this very, very much. And Dan Trachtenberg, I couldn't have asked for a better guest to be back with. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, dude. It's it's awesome. It's awesome to hang with you guys. And normally I'm listening while leveling in WoW. So now I'll be, oh, I don't listen to this again. <laughs> or I will be out a company for this week. But uh, thank you so much for having Absolutely, me. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate you doing it. And uh, tell people where they can keep up with you online. Uh, I would say Danny TRS on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah. It's going to be with you forever, man. Danny TRS. I know. <laughs> I love it. I, I think I thought about Twitter changing to Dan Trachtenberg and there's that name is occupied. And I can't remember if I camped it when Twitter first came you out. And I don't know. Screwing you. I think it might be me screwing. Me. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, think of all those characters you're saving though. You know, it's true. It's true. Uh, Christian Spicer. What do you got going on this week? Twitter's probably the best way at Spicer. And then uh, we've had a bunch of uh, irregularly scheduled episodes, the, the one you're listening to as well. But the plan is uh, hopefully we get back to that Sunday, 7.15 p.m. spot. And I will start uh, getting these out on Twitch again for those dedicated few who like the live stream. I like doing them. That's uh, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And then I'm finding ways that I can like, you know, prank you now that you're back so that's 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 prank my prank just keep yeah, like, i'll come around the corner eventually <laughs> but, but dan keeps rounding the corner so now it it's is, just a big circle it is insanely wow. easy to prank me right now i have no wow. peripheral guys wait i just want that was a perfect improv like long form improv thing that you just you guys all referenced the three things that were set up in the beginning like amazing yeah. sorry Thanks. and i'm coming <laughs> <laughs> well you're doing the classic thing dan you're doing the director's commentary on the bit i totally yeah <laughs> yeah uh yes but anyway it is uh it is very easy to prank me because i can't see you coming anymore uh, I'm, I'm working i'm still working on one eye folks one eye but hopefully uh hopefully two will be in in functioning soon <laughs> Anyway, Christian, you're, that's that's that's, that's it. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. um, so <laughs> I'm back. Uh, this is the week where I return to my life again. I cannot thank everyone enough for their just well wishes and goodwill and kindness to me. Uh, it, it's been extraordinary, and it has really heartened me and helped enormously. Honestly, um, all of the people that sent emails um, and and tweets and so much more to me, to my family. Um, it was a scary thing and it's still a little scary because it's not over completely, but, uh, but I'm, uh, through the other side of it and, and very grateful. So I'm back. That means I'm back on this show. I'm back on the slash film cast. I'm back doing dungeon run this week. I'll be on the dungeon rundown, which is our sort of, uh, talking dead, you know, talk, 
talk about the show thing. I'm going to be on the, the rundown on Tuesday night. Uh, and uh, I probably will be wearing my eye patch <laughs> at that time. So if you want to see the new look Jeff with his uh, eye patch uh, and beard, I'll be there. Every NPC they meet on uh, Dungeon Run now is like, ah, oh, oh <laughs> eye patch. Yeah. The irony is that we just went through uh, the pirates thing. We we sank the pirate ship, and now I now I'm a pirate. I, and also, <laughs> the other irony is that I built a whole show around a an eyeball symbol, and then my eyeball explodes. So you know, I can't win. Anyway, uh, I'm very proud of the dungeon run, and I would love for you to watch it. it. This would be a great time to jump on if you've been thinking about it or a little intimidated that uh, you know we've done 18 episodes already. I've been gone for a month, so this is the perfect jumping on point because I'm going to catch everybody up. It's going to be it's it's like a perfect uh, perfect onboarding episode number nineteen, which we will be doing Wednesday night uh, at six p.m. Pacific time on caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run. You can watch it live there, or you can watch it on YouTube. All the episodes are available, uh, and I'm I'm super proud of it. It's a live Dungeons and Dragons show where I'm DMing, and um, the the cast is fantastic. you already own them. You already own all the episodes. That's right. They're there. You already own them. It's just your time. And they're long, but uh, I I think you'll enjoy them. Uh, So give it a shot. The Dungeon Run. All right. Uh, Let us uh, wrap the show up now with our parting gift. Oops. Dan Trachtenberg, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? First of all, Christian, is that you on the parting gift thing? No, that's Sean Madigan. That's uh, I wish I could yeah. sing that well, but it is. I, f- I felt like he made it in homage to uh, what you'll hear in my parting gift uh, here in a minute. <laughs> Interesting. I always thought that was you. Um, so I, f- I fear that I talked about Terrace House before on as a parting gift. So I'm just going to say that those words uh, and out of fear of repeating myself. The thing I will actually mention is. I used to do keto for a while and not anymore, but a couple of things have stuck with me and, um, and I think, uh, they could change your week. Uh, one is I was telling you, Jeff, a little bit while we were playing, I discovered chaffles, which are cheese waffles. It's just cheese and egg in a waffle maker. And it's, you have to use way less egg than you would think. Just watch YouTube videos about it. It's delicious and amazing. Uh, the second is mug cakes. Um, you just quickly whip up the ingredients that you probably have in your house, put them in a mug and microwave them. And in a minute, you get a nice little delicious cake. You could do a keto version or not keto version. Um, and then the third thing is, this is really what's going to change your life. This is a company called Chalk Zero, C-H-O-C Zero on Amazon. You can order, they have like hazelnut bark, dark chocolate bark, or like milk chocolate or dark chocolate squares. They taste legit. And they are very few calories and no carb or sugar in them. It's crazy. And they're so good. And it's not with a sugar alcohol that always upsets my stomach. So doing keto with sweets was hard for me because um, it's not like with erythritol. It's not with any chemical um, sweetener. It's with monk fruit, which is a natural sweetener. Um, so chocks uh, C-H-O-C, chalk zero. That's one word. You go on Amazon, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, I'm in. That sounds amazing. Yeah, man. I was telling my wife yeah. about the chaffle thing, and I th- the chaffles. Yeah, you gotta try them. I tried them. They're good. Yeah, it doesn't taste like an omelet. It tastes different than an omelet. No, you just use less egg and more cheese, and then it's just like it's kind of like a grilled cheese in a way, and and it compacts. 
Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Hey, surprise, a pop punk album. Blink-182 had a new album come out, uh, also on the 20th. Uh, it's called Nine, and it's phenomenal. The, my two faves right now on it are uh, Dark Side and I Really Wish I Hated You. But it's, it's real nice. It's, it's nice to see them kind of evolve, whereas California, which I love, um, felt very safe in terms of like, we're making a Blink album again. Yeah, we have Skiba, but we can make Blink. And this feels like they're trying to grow again a little bit and do something new. And, and I feel like Skiba is putting his influence on the album a little bit more. And I really like it. Blink-182, 9, available wherever you buy. No, it's all streaming places. Check it out. Very, very cool. Um, we got a listener-suggested parting gift. You can always send these into dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, this one comes from Nathan. Nathan says, hey, I'm, I'm 34. I work in IT security and play video games with the majority of my free time. But recently, I was introduced to disc golf. I very much resisted the invitation, but was convinced to give it a try and was instantly hooked without getting into too much detail. The game is very similar to regular golf with different pars on a course and also different plastic discs for various purposes, drivers, mid-range, putters, etc. There's a T-pad to start at for each hole, and then you try to throw a disc to the basket with as few strokes as possible. Google it to see if you have any disc golf courses nearby. Grab a friend or even just go solo and check it out. There's a pretty good chance that others will be there that would be willing to help. But if you're shy like me, you can pick up a starter kit on Amazon from 25 to 14 bucks or so. There's something very satisfying about launching a disc as far as you can or landing those putter shots right into the chains. It's also a great excuse to get away from the computer or console for a bit and just get some fresh air little exercise and check out some of the parks in your area. Thanks for everything you guys do and congrats on 300 episodes. Oh, this was a little earlier, but uh, thank you, Nathan. If you That's haven't cool. been here for a while, Jeff, what are you doing? You know? Yeah, I don't think you were asking for parting gifts, Christian. So we need some parting gifts, folks. If you want your parting gift on the, on the show, send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love getting those. Thank you, Nathan, for sending yours. Um, I have a whole bunch of parting gifts. I haven't been here for a month. Uh, and I got, I got, boy, I got audiobooks to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. A number of listeners sent me uh, audiobooks as gifts on audible.com, which I'm so grateful for. Um, one of the ones I read, I actually read this one on the Libby app, which is fantastic. Man, how cool is this thing? You just rent book, uh, rent audiobooks from your library without going to your library. It's amazing. Uh, I finally got around to reading uh, The Lies of Locke Lamora, which is a book I've been mm. meaning to read forever uh, and uh, finally got around to, to listening to it. Jeff, I recommended that to I you. Know. Do you remember? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Just, yeah. That's why I brought it up when you're on, Dan. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Copy. laughs> uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, um, it's basic. It's the, everyone describes it this way, but it, it is accurate it is oceans 11, but done as a fantasy novel. Um, it is a, like a heist, a bunch of uh, cool thieves, but it also has cool bits of magic and really awesome world building. Um, I, I really dug it and it's well-written uh, and there's a bunch of sequels. So I may get into that uh, series. It's called the lies of Locke Lamora. All right. That's going to do it. I'm so happy to be back. Thanks again to Dan Trachtenberg and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thank you to our musical contributors, Sean Madigan, Zero Star, Patrick L. Uh, thank you to 
just everybody that that supported me and supported the show. Uh, special, huge thank you to Christian Spicer for continuing the show in my absence and making such awesome episodes uh, that were so enjoyable. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm so glad to be to be back doing this stuff. Uh, I'm still a bit one eyed. Uh, and, and, uh, not able to enjoy video games. I, it's funny. Some, there's been a few video games that have come out that I'm like, I, I want to wait till I can play this with two eyes, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but we'll be doing episodes and uh, I'll be here next week until then think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place. <laughs>